deep down I knew that this was happening for a reason. Oh man, <laughs> you're, dude, you're, you're, you're triggering me. <laughs> so that is my rush, is helping people to overcome that trauma, whatever it is. Hello, my name is Cassandra Deanne and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. All right, so today we're going to be tackling the topic of how to deal with toxic family. And we're also going to be looking into how we can keep our health in balance and care for our bodies while we are navigating these challenging or emotional times. Personally, I have been disowned by my family and I can recall the years of trying to heal and navigate through that. And I'll say that, yeah, it's like I would grab for the first sweet or comfort food that I could get. And it was hard to balance both. So that is why I'm excited today to have Derek Johnson on the show with me to share his story. And I'm hoping that perhaps that this will help inspire new ways of thinking regarding these circumstances. Derek is a U.S. U.S. Army veteran turned life coach. He's helped over 500 clients and 50 companies go from surviving to thriving. So Derek, thank you so much for being here with me today. And I can't wait to hear more about your journey. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. All right. I appreciate it, Cassandra. It's an honor to be here. So first things first is I grew up an army brat, meaning my father was in the army for 20 plus years. And my father's African-American, my mother's German. So we actually grew up in Germany. So as a child until second grade, I lived in Germany because he was stationed there. And he met my mother in a discotheque. If people are familiar <laughs> with the discotheque in Germany, they met there. They were dancers, like professional dancers. So pretty interesting story. They had my sister years later had me. So there's that backstory. So my dad was army. And my mother has been a kindergarten teacher for over 40 years. Okay. So she thrived in what she did, um, helping kids, speaking multiple languages. And my father thrived in the military. And then once he retired, he got into real estate and all that. So first things first, both parents had the discipline and the success in their fields and in their personal life. So growing up, I would see both of my parents up by 4 or 5 a.m. Wow. I would see them working out five to six days a week. So that was our norm for our family. So from the outside, we had a beautiful home at that time from middle school through high school. We lived in Pensacola, Florida, which is in the panhandle of Florida near Destin. People know the white sandy beaches, or they might know the Blue Angels. If you've ever been to an air show, that's my hometown. <laughs> so long story short, we had the beautiful home with the pool, with the multiple bedrooms and all that. Our house was the house for the cookouts, for the get-togethers. Everything was positive, but once the doors closed, once the last guest left, mm. once the last bottle of alcohol was finished, yeah, the past trauma of their childhood or their military experience or just experience way before they had me would come out after the fact. So I was the verbal and physical punching bag, but I was the youngest, but I truly feel that those times from middle school through high school, all paved the way of why I am who I am now and why I went this path. So with that home of successful parents of the beautiful home and all that, and being biracial and like 
traveling to multiple countries and all that, that was all great from the outside. Mm -hmm. But deep down, I knew that this was happening for a reason. And I feel like God, the universe, whatever somebody believes in, reminded me that this is happening for a reason. And you have to learn yourself. You have to have strong faith and figure out what I can get from this. So on those dark nights between 9 p.m. to 1 or 2 a.m., about 300 nights a week from the Mm -hmm. age of 12, excuse me, 11 to about 17. That's how it was. But fitness became my outlet more so for a mental thing. So I would have extreme workouts, whether it was a run, whether it was weightlifting, whether it was any martial arts, whatever it was, it was more so for my mental. So Mm -hmm. as a kid and teenager, I was the quiet one. I wasn't shy. I wasn't timid. I was just quiet because I was half asleep and I was drained. (laughs) And then I would just try to make some somebody's day because the phrase I love you was not said in our household. Mm. So when I went to school, I love school because I love making people smile, making them laugh or helping build them up. So once I got into sports, I realized that my gift was connecting with people because I could see when somebody was going through something. So I feel like anybody that's been through dark family, personal professional trauma, whatever it is, we can relate to people because we can sense it and we can feel it. Mm -hmm. They normally gravitate towards us to want to open up. So as the quiet kid and teenager in school, I was just always naturally chosen as a group leader or the team leader, just because they saw like he was just, Derek was always just chill and calm. But in my head, I was like, you guys don't know what I saw last night and why (laughs) I'm half asleep. Like, I'm not shy. I'm just literally half asleep right now. But that was just a cheat code. So all those life experiences prepared me for the military and then prepared me for coaching. So nowadays just helping people overcome traumas or get to their fitness goals. But it's just awesome to see when they are happy and fulfilled, I get fulfilled. So internally, not from a selfish standpoint, but my inner child is healed every time I see somebody else winning, whether it's a friend, a client, or just somebody I'm connected with on social media. So that's a long story short, but yeah, there's that. That's awesome. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. I, you know, there's different aspects of your story. I can relate to how you talked about things appeared one way under one circumstance, but then once, you know, people left and they, yeah, you see a different side. And I think that as a child growing up in those, you know, situations that that environment can be a little confusing. I experienced something very similar um, with my circumstances. So what I would love to ask you is what would you say, what sort of conditioned belief, something that you picked up through these ex- you know, experiences growing up from your childhood, would you say was the most difficult to confront? I would say not to go on a dark path. Again, this is all behind me. This is not going to touch me in any way. So if this yeah. does yeah. hit no. somebody, hey, it is what it is. But when your own mother tells you that she wish she had an abortion about mm-hmm. 200 days a year, only when she's drunk yeah. and the very next morning would say, Hey, where do you want to go have breakfast at or lunch? And in my mind, excuse my language, but as a kid, I was like, what the, f-? <laughs> like, did yeah. you not remember what yeah. happened last night for three hours straight? Mm-hmm. But I realized that she didn't remember it. And then at 11 years old, I started listening to Tony Robbins tapes. My dad mm. had the cassette tapes. Yeah. So I'm 33 years old. So if somebody knows about the cassette tapes <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. and all that, the eight track and the CD <laughs> players, I was during that shift before the Wi-Fi and all that. But I would listen to those and Les Brown and I would pick up the Bible and I would just really work on myself, my faith, my mental health, 
-hmm. And I feel like I became my own therapist and psychologist, mainly because I would look at the family. So it wasn't that things were happening directly to me. I was just the brunt of the release. So whatever they had to release only yeah. during drunk times was released on me. And if they didn't drink, everything was fine. But there was always like an elephant in the room. But deep down, I just gravitated towards watching movies or reading books and autobiographies of people that went through things way worse than me. Yeah. And I wouldn't minimize my situation, but I would just say, I have multiple rooms I could sleep in. We have a pool. I always have food. We're in a safe neighborhood. I have both parents. Yeah. Blessing, 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 blessing. I would go down the list. Right. And then I would look at people that I knew personally or just learned about online or through movies and would say, you know what? It could be worse. Somebody would kill to be in my situation. They're like, mm -hmm. hey, you have food, nourishment, AC, a phone and all this. It's like, yeah. what are you really complaining about? So that's what really helped me. And outside of that is I would use fitness as a release. So yeah. we train the body to then have a calmer mind where because I push my body past its thresholds, I would just be calm all day. And everyone yeah. would always say, man, you're always so laid back, but they wouldn't realize like I did it on purpose yeah, because I didn't want to release the same thing on other people. Cause I always saw from family or friends that people either continued the trauma and the negativity, or they break the generational curse and they flip that as fuel. So I wanted to be yeah. person B that used that in a positive way. I didn't want to go to school angry and get into fights and all that. What would normally yeah. happen from those upbringings. So I just never wanted to give people what they expected. But yes, going back to your question, definitely, I would say was just hearing your own mother say those words multiple times. At first, yeah. it is shocking. But after a while, you realize that, at least in my experience, I, I saw that she was looking through me, mm -hmm. yelling, not at me. Yeah. So like, I was AB on a roll, never got arrested, never got a referral, just just was a good kid and a good teen. And in my head, I was like, well, why is this happening? But the older I got, I was like, you know what? She's releasing whatever she didn't work on or was not able to work on mm -hmm. or confront. And she sees somebody else. She does not see her son's face. She sees whoever. Yeah. And at the age of 19, I came home from college and I was helping her clean up. If you're familiar with Germans, especially German mothers, they're OCD freaks. They clean. That's why a lot of German companies are cleaning companies. But <laughs> I've been a professional cleaner since childhood. <laughs> so I would help her prepare the house. And this was hours before the guests came. And she told me, she's like, hey, I want to tell you why I was this way these years. And I knew that it was something, but I didn't know exactly. And she told me exactly what it was. And I felt like a thousand pounds came off my chest, off of my shoulders, just hearing it. Mm -hmm. She didn't say, sorry, it wasn't like, I forgive you. It was more so, yeah. at least I know the proof. So it is what it is. And deep down, she could see it in my eyes that she was like, wow, she needed that. I needed that. But mm -hmm. there was no anger anymore. As a kid, I was the angry kid and all that, but I didn't want to carry that with me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I that is incredible. I you know, it's interesting because, man, it sounds like hearing you share this story, there was just already you were it's like you were equipped with what you needed to get you through. And that's not to discredit any of the you know, the difficulty, but hearing it, 
it's in it's incredible to hear that you were able to recognize different ways in which you could support yourself and help yourself and look at it sort of from a broader perspective i know in my personal circumstance i wasn't able to do that i have a brother that was that can resonate more with that story and he would try to talk to me about having a broader perspective but i was so caught up with their approval and and wanting to be what they wanted me to be that I didn't have that strength of character. So hearing your story and that you were able to channel, like you said, that excessive, that energy that you were taking on into fitness, because I, I have <laughs> recently discovered that there is truth to trauma being stored into your body and that, you know, needing to kind of get that energy out and that being a, a tool that helped you. So I'm just inspired by hearing your story. And it sounds, you know, like you, you did amazing for yourself, but I'm going to ask if you looking at it, was there any advice you wish you would have said to yourself or what would you go back now and say to your younger self during these times you were trying to juggle these circumstances? I would just tell myself to be calmer because I, I would say between freshman year of high school and senior year, I had more anger and resentment towards both parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, and I wasn't saying that I was going to like end up bad or anything. I was confident in my path and everything, but it was just in those moments where I was just fed up. Fed up is the best way to put it. I was just fed up. I didn't hate them, but I was just like, I can even walk in the house coming home from holidays or whatever for five minutes and then feel the energy in the mm -hmm. air. You can cut Oh the yeah. Energy or quote unquote, the elephant in the room. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I always had to bring, not that I was scared, but to minimize the waste of time of arguing, I would always bring either a friend, mm. roommate, yeah. girlfriend at the time or whoever, because they would put on their good, they would be in their good behavior. Yep. quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like I was playing chess in my head. I was like, Hey, if I bring Jimmy, Michelle or whoever, they're gonna be like, Hey, how you been? And they're like, Oh my God, your parents are awesome and blah, blah. And I would never bash them. I was like, Hey, yeah, they are great people. And I wouldn't say anything, but I knew internally that I had to make a change. So I would definitely just say to be calmer. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, a big thing that I teach a lot of clients and just people in general is I challenge them to not give people what they expect. Mm. Do not give people what they expect. It's easier said than done, but an example could be I'm half black and half German. Mm -hmm. So traveling throughout the world, you would see different looks. It'd be like, oh, interesting. What is he, Hispanic? And other places would be like, oh, he's black, like whatever. So racism, whatever the experience was, I never gave somebody the reaction they wanted. Yeah. And I would play a game in my head. I'm like, he wants me to get angry because he called me this word. Mm -hmm. Or I'm in an interracial relationship and we're having dinner, literally just having a conversation on a date. And somebody just comes up and just like says something. One side of me wants to get violent but that's not me because i'm like that's what they expect because they want me to ruin my future so they can say i told you so they're mm -hmm. all the same whatever their preconceived notion is so something in in regards to the restaurant i used to pay for people's dinner that were being aggressive from across the room <laughs> at a bar at a restaurant and then the server would be like yeah that gentleman over there took care of me and i would just smile at them internally i was like mm -hmm. yeah i got in your head 
and they would always apologize and they'd feel like crap. So like, I don't do it anymore because like, I'm not going to waste money, but just in general, <laughs> is I would just play a game. So I would challenge everyone to really pause for a moment before you erupt on a stranger mm -hmm. in public, family member or whoever, they know how to irk you. If they know you, they definitely know what to say and what to do. If they don't know you, they're going to assume you're just like every other redhead, every other mixed person, yeah. every other male, female, whoever it is, they want you to get all riled up, sad, depressed, whatever your normal reaction is, give them the opposite. Yeah. Which we've all heard the phrase, kill them with kindness. Again, it's way easier said than done. But once you do it a few times, your confidence skyrockets. Yeah. It's crazy how effective that is because you can control the situation. And the majority of the time, the individual, whoever it is, will apologize. Maybe not that moment, maybe not that day. Weeks or months later, they might be like, hey, you remember way back then we we're at this birthday dinner and I said something in front of all the family and friends? <laughs> I apologize. Like you stayed calm. You could have cussed me out. You could have punched me in the face, but you didn't. Yeah. And I was shocked by that. You really made me feel bad. So having power over the situation is incredible. So going back to just people in general is whatever you're currently going through or have gone through, look at your reaction. If you can more control. If you more so control your reaction, your attitude to it, yeah, you build self-confidence and power. And then you realize like, wow, this is totally different. Normally I would do this or that, yeah. but this time I stayed calm or sometimes you can just agree. Whatever somebody <laughs> says, that was a big thing I used to do. People are like, you're this, this, and this. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. And they wouldn't know what to say. They're like, wait, he's not mad. He's not angry. Mm -hmm. He's not aggressive. I'm like, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just exactly what you said. Yeah. And in my head, I'd be laughing. And they would just be so confused and they'd get angry. And I'm like, so where does the conversation go from here? I just agreed with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I would just walk away. So I was like, you're not worth my time. So that's definitely something that I would challenge people to do, to have more of those moments. All you need is two or three and your mindset will shift where you're like, wow, I wasted so many tears, nights, years, whatever it was on these people yeah. that didn't care or maybe were just trying to get under your skin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I love, I love that. Yeah. Cause when you don't respond how they expect, yeah, it's like you're maintaining your power, you know, and that, you know, takes, um, self-awareness too, I think for people to, to do that. I love it. So how can we take these circumstances in our lives with we're talking about toxic family but you know that can go like you said it, you know in circumstances that can go beyond family it can be the random person out and about or and in order to as i mentioned to be able to follow that advice it does you have to at some point have that strength of character to be able to be calm and and maintain that power and be considerate over your reactions. So my question would be, what advice would you give of anybody that has gone through challenging circumstances, how they can take those more negative responses in difficult circumstances and turn them into fuel, turn it into something positive um, that gives them the strength to be able to, you know, calm down. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. So that's a great question. There'd be two ways that I would look at it. One perspective is it's just me. This might not be for everyone, yeah. but I take mental memory of every single person who ever said anything degrading or negative or didn't believe. I don't try to 
do anything in revenge and like, yeah, success yeah, is revenge. Yeah. I don't do it like that. It's more so extra fuel to the fire. So I would see things as fuel to the fire. If he said, you can't do this because you're a woman, because you're a man, because you're mixed, because you're in this industry, because you want to do something with social media and social media is a waste of time. Like whatever somebody heard, we've yeah. all heard certain things, but using that as fuel opposed to getting aggressive with them. So step one is pausing, zooming out and saying, how can I use this as my fuel? They obviously see my potential because mm -hmm. usually people jab and point at you because they, they get uncomfortable because of your presence or with what you do, because they see and they know that you can succeed in whatever you want to do. And you make them uncomfortable because you're the black sheep or you're different, whatever it is. And yeah. because you make them uncomfortable, that's why they start to bash and bully. So the bully in any setting is usually the most insecure person in the room. So just a quick reminder to people is the person that's bashing you sees your potential. You make them uncomfortable. So if you can pause before your reaction, remind yourself of that and say, okay, I'm going to use this as fuel. I'm not going to be pissed off at them. Yes, it might have offended me. It might have triggered somebody. It might have made somebody angry, but don't give them what they want. You have to remind yourself that the only people that talk trash about someone or that are internet trolls or whatever, they're usually the most insecure people that are literally screaming out for help yeah. without actually going to get help. Right. So if you look at it in that perspective with step one, that's always what I look at. So whether that's a Facebook comment, whether that's a family member at a holiday function, whoever it is, they're usually going through their own thing and they're just projecting. So if you can remind yourself that these people are just projecting, it's not about you. It's actually about them. Mm -hmm. So pause for a moment, remind yourself of that. You don't want to bash them. You don't want to say, Hey, you must be going through something bad. Like we're not right. trying to add fuel to that yeah. conversation and that fire. It's more so internally. So step one, pause, take that, use it as your own fuel. And then step two, you see it as how can I use this in a positive way? Mm -hmm. So for an example, if somebody is not a coach or doesn't have staff, clients, or customers, they can mentor somebody. Maybe they can work with the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, mm -hmm. the local church. If you have somebody that is your mentee, it could be their own children, whoever it is. If you have somebody that you're guiding, you less likely think of the negative and you show up as a different person. So if you can consistently show up in that way for that person, that individual, that kid, that teen, the client or customer, you'll start to focus more on a positive outcome and show up better. And the last thing is most of the time, the scenarios are just the icing on the cake. An example could be if somebody cuts you off in traffic and you just get pissed off for two hours straight and it was like a five second interaction, they're like, oh, I can't believe that guy and that red Toyota cut me off. And they're just rambling to everybody about this. The guy in the red Toyota, maybe he just can't drive, but <laughs> he, he was the icing on the cake for 10 other things that this person didn't work on internally. Yeah. So the Toyota guy just reminded them like, Hey, you've been boiling on the inside or you've had that slow <laughs> fajita plate sizzle inside. <laughs> and this yeah. guy just made you explode. He's not the issue. You just haven't worked out these other trauma situations, financials, like whatever it is. So you have to really zoom out. So I would challenge people to see it as the person that makes you trigger or snap. They're yeah. honestly just the icing on the cake. You've been neglecting something and going back full circle. It's all about morning routine. It sounds very cliche, but people don't realize the power of their morning routine. So okay. my example, I wake up at the same time, seven days a week to have two hours to myself 
work out, walk my dog, hydrate, just have some me time. And then mm -hmm. I show up for everyone else. So once I get the calls, texts, emails, et cetera, et cetera, I don't feel overwhelmed and I'm not reactive. So right. I would challenge people to one, how can I pause for a moment and use this as fuel Two, what can I learn from this and use? And three is, am I owning my morning routine or am I just reactive all day? An example is most people hit snooze three times, then they do this. And then all day long, they're just like, oh my God, I'm late for this. I'm doing that. I'm doing, and they're just getting pulled in all directions. But if you wake up a little bit earlier, work out in the morning, go on a walk, whatever it is that gets you primed and makes you feel confident, do that, rinse and repeat it. And you'll less likely be as stressed. Yes, life still happens, but usually this person is going through something they're projecting and you're not in control of your situation. So there's like three things that are just com compiled of negativities. So focus on those and that will really help. Awesome. Oh man, <laughs> you're, dude, you're, you're, you're triggering me <laughs> with the morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm definitely the not the morning person. Hit the snooze and and but you know you're right. I I have noticed that it seems like I feel like at least for myself and I feel like maybe possibly many others can relate to often the first thing we do is we reach for our phone. You know, and and that you're right, that sets the tone for, you know, you're not that's the first thing you're kind of putting into yourself, your essence for the day. And man, I'm trying. I, I'm personally big on meditation. So for me, I meditate every morning. But yeah, awesome. this this snoozing and the grabbing the phone is something that, you know, especially the phone. I've been very uh, like aware of lately and I'm like, okay, I need to stop doing that. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So you've challenged me. <laughs> you've definitely challenged <laughs> awesome. me today. Yeah. So, two things real quick with the phone that yeah. I challenge everybody to do is if you use your phone as your alarm, put it across the room or in your oh, bathroom Yeah. And have the most annoying alarm. Don't have birds chirping. <laughs> Just have something very like, <laughs> like, Something that's going to make you jump up because, <laughs> and also number two is have a secondary. So I use my phone and I use my tablet. My okay. phone is on the TV stand, which is across the room in our bedroom. And the tablet is like under a cabinet somewhere, just like in random places. So when they, when the alarms go off, my girlfriend's pissed because she doesn't wake up, wake <laughs> up at four, but I have to walk <sighs> to cut it off. I have to walk to cut the other one off. And once you're out of bed, walking around, you're less likely going to get back in bed. So like I cut it off quick. So my challenge is how quick can I turn it off before I wake her up? And then I go to the kitchen, then I'll start my day. But that's all it is. And the last thing is in those moments where we don't want to get up, we don't want to do whatever it is. Pause for a second and in your head or out loud, say people depend on me. People depend on me. I don't have kids. We just have a pit bull that we adopted rescue. Um, but I have clients. I have friends. I have just people in my life that depend on me and everybody does to an extent. But once I say that, I get chills. Like right now, my ha hairs are standing <laughs> up on my arms because I think of others. Mm -hmm. So you're still putting yourself first in your morning routine, but you're preparing yourself, your mind and your body to then show up better for everyone else. Because yeah. if I wake up late, annoyed, I don't work out and all that, this podcast, my call in two hours, this is everybody's going to feel that energy. They're going to ask mm -hmm. me, hey, are you okay, Derek? 
<laughs> and nothing is wrong. I just didn't prepare my own morning. And now I'm just re rejecting energy. I'm just like negative all day. And yeah. I want to make yeah. sure that I don't show up like that. So that's what I would challenge people to do. Put the devices or whatever you use as the alarm across the room. So you have to walk. And then number two is just prime your morning and say the statement, people depend on me, whoever it is. It could be yeah. pets, it could be kids or clients, or just somebody on social media who might need to hear your message. You'll pause, think of people, and you'll show up differently. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I'll yeah, no I'll definitely <laughs> I'll definitely have to give that a try. Definitely not gonna be getting up at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but... that's just the military and just years of yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I, I don't challenge people when to wake up. It's all up to them. But <laughs> I just do it because I just like the complete silence of the morning. That's oh, more so what it is. I can relate to that. Yeah, I feel you there. I feel you there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a more I like that at night. So I can see the essence of what you're saying with that. Yeah, love it. Okay, so man, I feel like we've talked a lot about just kind of an overall mental health, really, and all of this and not allowing our external circumstances, people, you know, things to kind of um, you know, impact or influence to be sort of responsible and in charge of our own essence, our own being. And so, so let's talk a little bit about the health stuff, because I would really love to hear anything you have to share. So as I kind of touched on, you know, I'm, I'm, I am ambitious and all in, but with that comes sometimes I'm all in, in one fixated area. So it's okay. like when situations are challenging, when life gets hard, when you're going through something, when you're doing that inner work of, you know, realizing, oh, this wasn't that one guy saying that one thing. It was, you know, the internal stuff. So when you're going through that, one thing that I found is it can be hard for me to navigate both the body and the mind. It's like I can I can do the inner reflection, I can do the inner work, but actually it feels it can feel exhausting to be mindful of, you know, how we're eating. I mean, as a society, I feel like the issues we have with food, you know, is it's like, yeah, we grab for the comfort food. We grab for the things that help feel that temporary fix in the moment. Yes. So I, I feel like I know the things, but man, I, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to navigate showing up for yourself in that way. And I love how, when you shared your story and you talked about how, you know, you put your focus in your circumstance, you know, dealing with your circumstance into your weight loss, not weight loss, but your, um, fitness um, yes. And, and it, just getting that energy out and that's incredible. But for those of us that are prone to go to the potato chip, what yes. advice do you have? <laughs> okay. That's, that's a great question. So I would start with this is, and speaking of potato chips, <laughs> I don't eat, I don't eat many sweets. Chips are my thing as well. Okay. But <laughs> I would look at it like this. A simple question everyone can ask themselves, and this isn't like an extreme diet, I'm not pushing a diet or a way of eating, but is asking yourself, have I earned this bag of chips? Have <laughs> I earned this glass of wine? Have I earned whatever it is? We don't have to cut out everything, 
unless yeah. it's like massive ex extreme consumptions, whatever the thing is. But here's an example. On Friday or Saturday nights, my girlfriend and I order Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. She loves to go out all the time. I could be home for two months straight besides going to the gym or walking by the water, getting in the ocean. Besides that, I'm fine. Like, I don't really have to do that much. She loves to go out and we compromise. I'm like, okay, on this day, we're going to go to that restaurant or this resort or like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We have fun. And then sometimes we'll just order Uber Eats and stay home. But with those days where we have the chill time or the cheat meal, if somebody wants to call it that, yeah, I choose a day of the week so I can literally just enjoy it, whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, but I plan it. So okay. that would be step one is actually just plan it. When do I want to eat these? family size bags of Lay's Doritos, whatever they are. <laughs> I would say Friday night when we're watching The Great Gatsby for the 15th time and then this and this and our dog is laying on the floor. And like, I literally paint a clear vision and I do that with clients where I make them schedule their chill time or whatever they want to do. It's all okay. up to them. And the reason we look at it in this perspective is because our calendar is filled with things for everybody else. But what is on your calendar right now that is actually only for you? Mm, I love most that. of our calendars for everyone else. And it stresses us out. But if you can add at least one positive thing in your calendar a week, which makes it about you, that can help. So again, we're not taking chips totally out of your lifestyle, but maybe Friday night is your movie night with your spouse or whoever, or for yourself. And you're like, I'm going to order Jimmy John's. I'm going to get this bag of chips. I'm going to have a glass of wine, whatever your thing is. And you get excited because you earned it and you can only do it if you had a successful week day or whatever it is. Yeah. But Flipping the script and saying, have I earned this thing? Opposed to seeing that chip, that can of beer, that glass of wine as like, I need this release. I need this because it's been a wild day. Yeah. We have to flip the perspective first before we take everything out. Because there's a lot of things that are pushed on social media. Some guy says eat liver. Some guy says go carnivore. This lady says go vegan. This person says vegetarian. This person says, if you go that way, you're going to die. Like everything is <laughs> Like everybody's extreme about their point of view because they're trying to sell something. Yeah. I just take a pause for a moment and say, what do you enjoy? Perfect. Is it very detrimental to your health or is it just the occasional cheesecake and bag of chips? If it is just occasional or when you're stressed, okay, that's fine. We identify that. But choose a day of the week and plan it where you want to have it. And what, what are you going to do during that time? Watch a movie, chill, sit on your back porch, whatever you enjoy. And then from there, just time it. Is it an hour? Is it two hours? Oh. Have your moment. And what's interesting, what happens once you finish whatever that thing is, that drink or that meal or snack, you're going to look at it and laugh and you'll be like, wow, I don't want to like splurge right now. And the reason mm. why we're not seeing this chip or glass of wine as an outlet. We're more so seeing it now as, hey, I earned this thing rather than like, it's been a long day. I need to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to overconsume. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to regret it, be annoyed at myself, and everyone will feel that energy. So I would start with that mental shift. Everything okay. goes back to how you view these things. Uh, besides that, I would also simply, I recommend that everyone just drink more spring water. I'm not okay. pushing a product or service or whatever, but yeah. I'm just saying in general, people drink a lot of major brands like the Sani or maybe tap water. A lot of these waters, if you do your research, you'll notice that they have a lot of chemicals in them, or they have a lot of things that actually trigger your cravings. Oh. So like growing up, my mother would buy Nestle water. And I would always tell her, I'm like, why are you buying chocolate companies water? And I would always <laughs> tell her like, I feel this milky thing on my tongue. Like my tongue doesn't feel right. 
And then I dug down the rabbit hole of Nestle and I was like, wow, this, this is where they get their water from. And the next thing I know, like I changed it. That's an extreme example of the water, but being hyper aware of those things is going to really help. So one plan a day where you enjoy your thing. If it's not too toxic, if it's not cigarettes, massive consumption of alcohol or drugs, obviously we know to cut those back. But if it's something small, like the glass of wine or the occasional cheat meal, and then step two would be to put more spring water into your diet on a day-to-day -day basis because it comes from the ground. Because a lot of stuff nowadays is man-made. And if we're drinking that, if we're eating this and eating that, mm -hmm. we don't feel good internally. And I truly believe that there's a relationship and correlation between gut health to brain health. Oh, yeah. So that could be a whole another conversation. But if you control more so what goes into your gut, you're going to feel better psychologically. We've mm -hmm. all had a time where we splurge on McDonald's or whatever our thing was for like four days straight. Yeah. And come the fourth or fifth day, we're just like, don't yeah. even feel like myself. Or you just want to continue that thing. And that could turn into weeks. So yeah. just taking a pause for a moment and seeing, how do I look at this bag of chips? Do I see it as bad? Do I see it as a stress reliever? Or do I just mm -hmm. see it as like, hey, I actually love salt. So that's my example. I love salt. Yeah. So that's why I eat the chips every now and then. And that's it. So always starting with the mentality, why do you choose that thing? Is it mm -hmm. only when you feel bad and stressed or is yeah. it because you actually enjoy it? Yeah, I love that. I like that. And I think that I like I like the idea of scheduling because you, I think that when you do that, you're taking out of that that um at any moment you could you know what i mean so it's kind of slightly restricting it by kind of tricking your brain a little bit to be like oh this yes. is for you you know and i do like the time that you mentioned like setting a time because i'm gonna be really real i'm one of those people that'll be like okay, I'm going to, you know, just eat whatever this day, but then I'll do it. And then I'll be, I'll say, oh, well, you know, I didn't stay. I wasn't good that day. So I'll just, you know, it's, it's fine. I'll do it again today. And you know, it's, it never, yes. for me, it's dairy. I can't handle a lot of foods, gluten, grains, um, processed okay. foods. Like I eat really clean, but I should not have dairy. And man, I, I was heartbroken when I found that out. So, you know, it'll be like, oh, I'll have dairy. And they'll be like, well, I had dairy yesterday. So it's okay. I guess it's okay if I have dairy today because it's not out of my system yet. And so it's never yeah. ending. <laughs> For sure. So, but that's, I appreciate you sharing that. That's a great example. So even just seeing that, I, I'm very old school about things that I do. So I believe in the pen and the paper. Everything yeah. is digital yeah. nowadays. But what I do with anyone, I have them write out. What could I eliminate or replace that holds me from my goals or progress? Yeah. So whatever that thing is, it could be what we drink. It could be what we eat, what we consume on social media. You mentioned earlier, if people grab their phone in the morning. Mm -hmm. So when I grab my phone in the morning, it's intentional. I post my morning routine to show people that I don't miss and to be consistent. And that's all it is, is just inspire somebody where they're like, man, I thought he was going to miss it today, but he didn't. So it's just <laughs> to get into their head to plant a seed like, hey, here's proof of what can happen when you say consistent. That's all it is. But I make sure to not consume. So I would create more and consume less because I have zero control. We love pit bulls. We adopted a rescue. So if I open <laughs> up my phone and I see a positive video, that might be great. But if I see yeah. a negative video of a pit bull's life and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, now yeah. I want to like adopt 10 of them. Now I'm sad <laughs> for two hours and now I'm going to hold and cry with my, I'm like, 
it's it's 5 a.m like what what is going on like i'm over here getting emotional it's like a spiral (laughs) yeah like we've all had that experience so be more intentional about what you choose to do in those moments so like after our conversation when i pick up my phone i'm intentional i'm going to say i'm going to check on my clients i'm going to post this thing i'm going to do that and then i'm going to go do something else opposed to hey let me scroll for 10 minutes i just scroll later on in the day and then that's it. But being intentional, even if it is scrolling, you're like, hey, I have a 10 minute break. Let me scroll on TikTok. Let me laugh. Let me see some crazy stuff, whatever your thing is. But be yeah. more, more intentional and aware because awareness and attention is one of the biggest people, one of the biggest struggles to people nowadays. They don't know who and what has their attention because they're not in control of their own attention. Yeah. So a I lot of people that. apps have control of them rather than them controlling their own attention because 30 minutes goes by they're like how did i even get to this page because they just Mm -hmm. like went down a rabbit hole of whatever they're looking at and next thing they know they're stressed because they're behind on their schedule yeah i love that okay well i know we've i feel like our episode has kind of just been really shaping itself you know what which is great i think it's what you know needs to come out but i'd love to ask you one more question if you're good on time okay Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So what I want to hear is, can you share with us one victory that you've had that has in your journey has given you a really deep feeling of accomplishment? Okay, for sure. So I would say helping clients and friends on multiple occasions overcome family trauma. Yeah. The only reason why is because I relate to it and I experienced it. And the reason that I'm using this example is because for some, it's a money thing. For some, it's this. For some, it's material things, which there's nothing wrong with those things, whatever their version of success is. But it was more so fulfilling to myself, fulfilling to them. But also, I look at it in perspectives, my current version, my younger version, childhood, and my future version. All three versions would be proud of this very moment. Those are things that I would always think of. And even as a child, like I would do this perspective thing. I don't know why. I think it was just to escape whatever crazy madness was happening at home and it worked. So that was my escape rather than drugs, alcohol or whatever. I would use fitness and I would just use like psychology tricks to just like get out of it. Yeah. But that will be one thing that I would do is just zoom out. And to say, how can I be proud in this moment? Why am I proud of this? Does that make my childhood version of myself proud? Would future version of me be proud and excited? If yes to all three, including your current version, then I would aim to do more of that thing. Mm -hmm. So that is my rush, is helping people to overcome that trauma, whatever it is, to seeing that light in their eye where something shifts. And then after that, positive things happen. Promotion, their first date in five years, they crush a speech without stuttering, like whatever their personal thing is, it's massive to them. It doesn't matter about anybody else's opinion, but those moments give me a rush. Like I love getting those messages where I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us and definitely to those listening, check 
out Derek's work. I will leave all the links and the description. And Derek, I just have to say, I watched a few of your TikTok videos and yeah, dude, you're magnetic. I can see you just have a gift for what you do. And so it was entertaining to me to hear you say you were a little more reserved, you know, when you were younger. <laughs> so I appreciate it. No problem. So check out his work. And um, I hope that there has been something in this episode that you can kind of take and, you know, maybe try out those challenges with the morning routine and being more mindful before you respond or react to the things that people say to you. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.